Somewhere in Between is sponsored by Dick Carrier's Men's Undergarments. Respect your package. Somewhere in between the radical arguments of today's world topics of sports, faith, politics, and the economy lies evasive conclusions called the truth. Somewhere in between has a mission of getting to the truth, that place where revelation lies and wisdom prevails. Tonight's guest on Somewhere in Between, the great Chuck Foreman, Minnesota Vikings all-pro running back. Chuck was the 23rd overall pick in 1973 from the University of Miami. He earned NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year honors when he gained 1,163 yards from scrimmage and scored 12 touchdowns. Foreman also led Bud Grant's team to Super Bowl VIII that year as well. All told, Chuck spent seven years with the club, earning Pro Bowl honors in each of his first five seasons, and he was competing with one of the NFL's best running backs, O.J. Simpson. Simpson became the first back to gain 2,000 yards in a season. But a star in Minnesota named Chuck Foreman annually approached the same output as both a runner and receiver. Foreman's graceful pirouettes transformed a stodgy, predictable Vikings attack into one of the league's flashiest. And his all-purpose skills led them to three Super Bowl appearances during the 1970s. I remember he did a lot of, a lot of twisting. He'd, he'd do those full turns on a dime and come back. He'd go to make a cut. Instead of a direct cut, he might spin all the way around. Foreman also turned the heads of his coaches, who seized the opportunity to add a new wrinkle to NFL offenses. I think Chuck Foreman was responsible for changing a concept in football. I think a lot of people realize because of a back like Chuck Foreman that you can build an offense on these dump-off passes if you have a guy skilled enough to beat that first tackle. Chuck Foreman, with all those spins of his, uh, he could make something out of nothing. I think a lot of people changed their drafting philosophy and went to a back who was possibly a better receiver than a runner because of that Chuck Foreman type of skill. And now, the great Chuck Foreman joins Coach Moles and the Coop. Welcome, everyone, to Somewhere in Between with Coach Moles and the Coop. And today, uh, a special, special Miami Hurricane guest of the show, Chuck Foreman, running back, all pro from the Minnesota Vikings in the black and blue division. And, uh, Chuck, it's so good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. It's been, it's been too long. I haven't seen you in a while. Long time. And, and uh, got hey, yeah, to give us to you, right? And I know your yeah. hands are on the phone right now, so we'll we'll hold on that one. But, but Chuck, you know what you know what was interesting? I, we were talking about this right before we jumped in on the show. And I mean, you played in the years of the black and blue division. I mean, really, the black right. and blue was really the the toughest division I thought as it growing up in the league. Mm -hmm. And and you know, coming out of the University of Miami uh, in the first round of the of the of the seventy three draft, right? You were at the twenty third pick. And the the I mean you were you were a, you were an up and down runner and then they'd give you that toss play and you turn the corner right. and when you played at University of Miami now you were playing on that old that 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 turf that the Miami Dolphins had right right and that was man that stuff would rip you apart that was horrible 
rip you apart. That you- stuff there was hard. It was horrible. Um, and let me tell you, when you came out of the game, your skin, you know, you had to get like tetanus shots after the game. <laughs> yeah. That, That's how bad that stuff it was. was. Like, it was like a plastic, little plastic blades. I mean, it was, the, I'm telling you, because mm-hmm. the only reason I know is we play one high school game a year, I, I, you know, being a Miami kid and uh, going mm-hmm. to Killian High School locally there, we play one year, we, one game a year on that. And I'm telling you, it was like blades. I mean, you mm-hmm. would literally, cut, it would cut you up. But uh, I'll bet, I'll bet right. Chuck was missing that that turf when he got up to Minnesota and had to play in Metro. Well, I, t- I tell you, <laughs> that, was that was like playing on, that was playing like playing on concrete in the cold in the winter. Oh, good point. Yeah, but. Yeah, but so so you you go you go in the twenty in the twenty third pick twenty third pick to the Minnesota Vikings. You earn NFL right. Rookie of the Year honors, right? For giving over eleven hundred sixty three yards from scrimmage, score six touchdowns mm-hmm. in twelve games that year. Um, right, and then you led the you know you led the that led them to Super Bowl uh, eight. Is that correct? Yeah, that's and, definitely correct. Yeah, and then you spent seven years with the club, and you earned All Pro honors. You know what? F- in their first five seasons, I mean that's that's just unheard of. Walk, you walk up there, you you you, you rush rushing for over a thousand yards, and what? How many how many years did you rush for over a thousand yards? Wasn't it like five or? Hmm, let me see. It's like no, but you got to remember back when I played. You know, a thousand yards was the. That was, was the pinnacle. That was it. Yeah. You know, so if he rushed, you know, a lot of guys that rush for, you know, seven, eight hundred yards, they'd be all pro and stuff like that. But, you know, my time, you know, the offensive schemes, especially, were run dominated. Yeah, you were measured pretty much on your running game, and and clock management was was important. You know, I mean, now they throw the ball so much, you know, uh, but in my time, you know, you know, you, you had to have a strong running game and. Well, um, during your time, then when I came in, right when I came time, in, and then uh, we, Chuck, mm-hmm. you had you had guys like O.J. Simpson you were competing with. You right. had great running backs that you were competing with mm-hmm. to be the best player in the league. Yeah, but at seventy-five, you ran for right. seventeen hundred sixty-one yards. That's amazing. <laughs> right, and and but, you know, but uh, that's just one part of my game. Right, right. When I came in, I introduced a whole different part, and that's a runner as receiver. Yeah, and you see, and, and and in my time, you know, when they measured a running back or a fullback, which I played was fullback, whether you guys know it or not, I play I played the fullback position, and so, um, uh, you know, when they measure you, then they forget my receiving yards, which was almost four thousand yards. Right. They don't even count that when they look at you as a running back in in my time. Okay. Now, of course, we have multi-purpose backs, and they're getting some exposure. But, man, I was doing that stuff years ago. Well, the thing about it is is that uh, I know that this is a touchy Sorry. subject. but uh, Don't look at me. But as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, Chuck has, <laughs> has to deal with the 4,000 yards of catching the ball and running and instead of running out of the backfield for the time period that he was in. And... Uh, they don't even count that for me. Yeah, that's right. They just take it straight out. So that, killing that, it on the on the yeah, and that's that, that's what's crazy though. So like a lot of teams would have yeah. needed, needed two of you. They needed a, a you to run out of the backfield, kiss the ball, yeah. and they needed a you to run through the line of scrimmage, right? Like they'd have mm-hmm. a Larry Zonk and a Jim Kick, but in Minnesota they right. had so, Chuck Foreman who could do both, right? Yeah. Right. And, so and, when they, and run whenever much we than Larry Zonka. Right. 
when we needed a yard, they gave it to me. When we needed 10 yards, they gave it to me. When when we needed a pass play, they gave it to me. So everything that I used to do was all like a all in one package. Right. And you see, and, it's, and the unfortunate thing is when they came to me to do that, they want to exploit my, my skill set. They say, well, you won't get the, you know, recognition, but you'll be the best. And, you know, he wasn't wrong bit, about that. But a little bit of it was uh, Tarkington scrambling, looking and seeing Stu Voigt and going, oh, hell no. And then looking over at Chuck and throwing him the points. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Stu Voigt was a, was a very, very uh, okay, I, I get uh, capable, very, yeah, I know you're just joking, but uh, Stu was, was one of the best tight ends. He could, but I know it was. It's a joke. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, he was, um, you know, every big play I ever had, he was a part of it. Yeah. I can tell you that. Well, you, you played, uh, you were a basketball track guy and football and everything in high school too, right? Right. And, and you, Yeah, when I came to Miami, I was recruited as a tight end defensive tackle. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's got a clip on Facebook right now of him making a – Tackle a defensive end. Where well, you play, you play, you play, you play, you play, I played right? play, play defensive tackle. I didn't play defensive end. Yeah, when I where I played, we had so many great athletes. You played where the coach told you to play. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, as simple as that. Yeah. In my in my in my community alone, in my neighborhood alone, we had five Olympians. Wow. From the same from the same neighborhood, so we had a lot of great athletes, man. Well, I'm from a place called Frederick, Maryland, right down on All Saints Street, down in that area. It's called. But we had all kinds of man, all kinds of great athletes. And, you know, back in those days, man, you know, you you didn't you didn't get the opportunity to do what uh, to go to big. Sure. Well, let's say you know the big schools. You went. You mostly were being recruited by you know the historically black colleges at the time. For me. In that time, it was Morgan State, Howard, and all these Virginia Union. But then, you know, when I got to be junior C, and then they started recruiting so more Miami, black athletes. And, yeah, so Miami, out of uh, Miami took you as took you in as a defensive lineman, tight end, defensive lineman. But I was a state champion in hurdles, and you know, all everything in basketball. You know, but I went to Miami. Cause I, you know, I went as a, I was an athlete, man. I didn't care where I played. Right. It didn't matter, you know. And back in those time, those days, Mark, you know, when I can't got drafted, you know, from the Vikings, you know, because I played wide receiver at Miami, I played corner at Miami, and I played running back at Miami. Wow. I was the best at all of them. But it, whatever they wanted, it depended on who we were playing, and then they might bring somebody in. Then I had Frank Kersey down there, and he was moving me around here and there, and. And all that stuff, so I never really got situated in any one position, to be quite honest with you. But it was it was a good thing because when I went to Minnesota, then it would be the twelfth player picked, and to be um, when I got there, being the twelfth player picked, generally when you when you drafted that high, you come in. Nowadays, you they, you, they draft you. You're a running back, you're a receiver, you're a corner, you're a defensive end. That's it. When I got to Minnesota as a 12-player pick, they sat me down. They said, okay, okay, where do you want to play? Wow. You want to play corner? You want to play wide receiver? You want to play safety? You want to play running back? What, what cool. do you want to do? As the 12-player pick. Yeah. So that doesn't happen no. in, in today's <laughs> game. You know, you're, you're, you're drafted as just a 
you know, position, position player. Yeah. So this is fascinating. I'm going to do a little contrast here because we have a lot of kids. Mark and I both coach uh, youngins uh, and have for a mm-hmm. long time. I had a coaching business for 13 years, developing high school players and worked with the uh, 14 different NFL teams. And Mark's worked with me in a bunch of camps and uh, with young guys. So we're speaking to the young guys. That's what I started mm-hmm. when I was prepping with this thing. And you did a great job of talking about when you were in high school because I wanted to get to mm-hmm. how does Chuck Foreman, the great Chuck Foreman, get to Minnesota from high school. And these kids, uh, you wouldn't believe how many of them, Chuck, that I have worked with, thousands. I've worked with over 40,000 high school mm-hmm. in my career. And uh, they say things like this. Uh, well, they're parents. Okay, because these kids are all, I, I hate to tell you this, and people are going to get mad at me, but it's the truth. <laughs> kids today are just so over-mothered, it's unbelievable. And the dads have shied back so far, it's like they don't even say anything. But uh, I've had kids get, get Division One offers in, like, the Northeast that live in, let's say, uh, Michigan or Colorado mm-hmm. or something. And the parents go, he isn't going there. Why? It's too far away. And the mother Mm -hmm. is too far away. He's got to have some, isn't, Mm -hmm. why can't he go to school right down the street? You know, we took what we could get, you know. Yeah. I mean, I went to UNLV. And to hear your story uh, Mm -hmm. coming out of Maryland is great because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lesson to kids. You know, the colleges are the ones paying for your education. You know? Quarter million dollars. And, and, and it's free. You better go where it's free. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, that's the bottom line. And yeah, I think my brothers and my brothers and we all got scholarships and you know, and I'm not saying we wouldn't have been able to go to college, but we certainly would have. My parents would have done anything to get us to do it. But I'm certainly you know, it would have probably been like like I said, a local university or college, you know, something like that. But we got to pick and choose to go. And at that time, like I said, they were just integrating schools uh, uh, for athletes like myself. You know, I mean, you know, when you go back and you look at it, you know, you know, Ray Bellamy was the first black athlete down there. This guy named Willie Allen was the first black basketball player. And I came in, there's Tom Sullivan and me and then Burgess. So we the third ones down there. So it was, uh, you know, you, you know, you were, you know, you were opening the door for all these guys to get there. And then when you look at the University of Miami, like Mark, like right now, you know, all we hear about is uh, Michael Irvin and uh, Ray Lewis and people. Hey, man, there's a whole lot of great ones before. Those dudes, man, believe me when I tell you. Tons. You know, way before. A whole lot of great ones. Tons. And so, but that's that's, that's what you hear. And I'm like, wait a minute. You You know, certainly they got some national prominence when those guys were there. But before I was there, you remember they had Ted Hunter. You know, Miami was right. always ranked in the top 25, you know, just so that they had a little law there in the, in the years that I was there. We were four and seven and three and like five and six and stuff like that. But and you guys went, we had some great athletes. And you guys went through a handful of different head coaches, too, during that time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we certainly did. We did. We went to even in my time. We had three different head coaches in, in right. four years. So. Right. How crazy is you that? Know, and then that's, that's crazy. That was a worry of mine when I so I'm being recruited at the time you're playing mm-hmm. there, right? And I came in in '78, mm-hmm. and uh, right. and they had had like you said, like three or four different head coaches, and then uh, Lou right. Saban, Lou Saban came in from the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. and that's who was recruiting me there. So there was, you know, it looked like they were mm-hmm. going to start creating some stability 
And uh, right. And then <laughs> and Lou leaves in like two years, but then Howard Schnellberger comes in and kind of solidifies everything finally, right? And then uh, mm-hmm. then he wins a national title, and then he leaves, and it go, you know Jimmy and and uh, uh, you know the, I mean the rest is history. So right. But right. yeah, but 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 talk talk about I mean just tell maybe tell what you tell what would you tell a young kid who's aspiring to you know try and be a college athlete with you know you always have pro on your mind but first you got to be a dude in college mm-hmm. right what would you tell a guy right in high school what would you tell a guy you gotta be a dude in high school too but go ahead true yeah well you know if i'm recruiting somebody first thing i can tell you what the first thing i'd be thinking about of course everybody thinks they're gonna be pro and everybody ain't gonna be a pro you know <laughs> you know you, you know I remember coming to the University of Miami, and and they had we had a meeting in freshmen, and they, all these guys raised their hands. They were all Americans, right? Yeah. When we were sitting in the room, then we went out for our first practice, right? And I got to see him on practice. And the first thing I said to myself was, "Wait a minute, this guy can't play with me. He's not that good." And they weren't. Right. They were paper all Americans. They were create. They were media creations. And all I can say about these young kids today, don't believe everything you read about yourself in the paper, and you only get out of it what you put in it, and there's nothing, nothing that surpasses hard work. And you and I, all, we all know that. Yep. You know, you know, we've seen so many guys that come in that had that natural ability, but they didn't have the mental toughness or the commitment to be the best that they could be. Boom. And that's the bottom line, because I've seen a lot of guys that didn't have the star-like talent but they made they were they were really good at the game because they put everything they they knew the game and they knew what they had to do to be the best at the game so if i'm telling any kid now hey listen first thing you should do you know first of all pick a school where you can all right if i'm going to a school i'm going to go to a school where i'm going to be happy without football that's the first thing i'm gonna go to campus check out the campus see what the campus life's like and stuff like that and then football wise too, you 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 know, you you gotta do your due diligence. I mean, you can just check out the coaches, the personalities when you come down for your visit, and you can tell a jerk when you can see one. Yeah. You know, and I, and I and there's one thing I can't stand is a coach that's a jerk. You know, and then there's one that those ones that tell you anything they want to tell you. Yeah. You know, to get you there. And then when you get there they don't they don't even know you. So I've seen that and you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, when the guy's picking a school and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things. It's integrity, integrity of the school, integrity of the program, integrity of the head coach, you know, and then, you know, you got to have enough uh, commitment to when you make that decision to give them the best that you can get in the classroom and, and on the football field. That's the main thing. And your degree has to come, has to be number one because, like, you know, let me tell you what they say that that, that, that saying the NFL means not for long. <laughs> well, football ain't for long. Right. You know, whether it be injury, whether you, you you know you're just not good enough, it all comes to an end at a very young age. For me, it was thirty. Yeah, you know, I uh, knew a coach named D.J. McCarthy who was down at LSU. He put nineteen receivers in the NFL. Coached at LSU for over a decade, and uh, he used to tell his players. Uh, the NFL one day is going to chew you up and spit you out. And everybody yeah. gets spit out of this game. It isn't just the NFL, it's football. <laughs> and, they, and, they, right. and, and football will chew you up whether you're a freshman in high school 
or you know, a 14 year veteran of the NFL. It'll chew you up, spit you up. Mm-hmm. The day you land on the street with your feet is the most important day of your life. Yep. Right. And, uh, and he said, you know, too many of the guys that he coached at LSU, they all thought they were going to, you know, mm-hmm. they were all going to be uh, NFL stars <laughs> and be rich and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I remember. It's funny because all that, all the money when you know Mark was playing, you were playing, and and I'd see all these guys, you know, and they were really, really, really wealthy in my mind. All the money. <laughs> yeah, man, wasn't nobody yeah, wealthy when we played football at it's all. Like, no, but, but, you know, I coached yeah. a kid who's made over one hundred eighty million dollars. I coached. I coached Calais Campbell. Yeah, Calais has made over one hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, I know Calais. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh, he he played for me in high school. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at that and uh, you look at the the great fortune, but you'll wonder, what's it going to be like when he's 60-something years old? What are they going to be paying right. these guys? Yeah. Over a billion each? Could Probably, be. Right? I don't know about all that. I don't think he's going to survive that. But, <laughs> right. but you know, I, I'm happy to see him making the money. That's for sure. And they seem to be getting smarter with it, too. So that's the main thing. Very true. Yeah, they are getting smarter with it, for sure. Well, that's it's hard. To, it's hard to screw up seven figures than it is four. Well, some people have. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> hundred dares, know, man. Us that's, hundred that's dares. We're holding on to all that we, we like, hold on to. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I got it. I'm like, how you blow through? How you blow through ninety million dollars, man? I don't so know. I, I can't figure it out. Be you know, I'd like to try. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. I got a five thousand dollars signing bonus, mm-hmm. and uh, I went out and I bought a, uh, you know, like an OJ Bronco, but it was black, all black. And I love and I love that Bronco, but I pulled off the lot and I was driving down to Mankato in that black Bronco, and I got about three blocks, and uh, it ran out of gas, and I didn't have any money on me because I spent all my money on that Bronco. I made it three blocks, and I went back and I yeah, but all if back. you didn't have no money, that's because Big Ed took it from you and said it and took and put it in your account. I wouldn't let you take it. That's what he did. That's what he did. That's what he did to Mark. But you know, I mean, yeah, I know what he did to Mark. He should right. have done that to me, but he didn't. You know, he goes, "It's five right. thousand bucks. There ain't much there. You just go." But uh, but those that's great. That's great uh, analogy for kids to understand that. You know, school first. You never know when you're going to have that right. major injury, right? You never know when you're going to be. Not you never do. know. Yeah. But the good thing is, like, uh, I think, especially at the University of Miami, Mark, as you know, if you have not graduated, you can go back and graduate. That's true. You just got to find yourself a place to live. Right. As far as the the school and, and the things like that are concerned, you can go finish your degree. They will honor that that, that scholarship. Are they still doing that? A lot, a lot of schools don't do that. Huh? Is Miami still doing that? Yeah, Miami does that. That's one of the things that, that you know, that just separates us, man. We don't just throw you out the door right. like UNLV, UNLV does. <laughs> it kicked you out and told you don't come back. Yeah, they didn't even know who we were. They never saw us. Nobody ever saw us. They go, who's that guy? He's strange. You know, the security guys go, mm-hmm. who are you? What are you doing here? Hey Chuck, when you were when you were playing, I mean, which of the, what teams right. were the toughest teams in the league in the seventies that you played against? You mean in the NFL? Yeah, exactly. Like the Steelers or the well, Raiders. I, I, or... How about that? I can just put it like this to you: the, some of the teams that are winning now, like you got, like all right, for instance, Tampa Bay. One, of course, you know Tampa. You can just chalk that up as a win. 
You could chalk New England up as a win. You could chalk Buffalo up as a win. You could chalk somebody in the St. Louis up as a win. You know, in those days, you knew who the best teams were going to be. Yeah. You know, simply because there was no free agency and you could maintain and keep your talent. And when you went in to negotiate a contract with them, they'd say to you, oh, okay, well, this is all the money we're going to give you. And I tell you what, if you don't want to take this, hey, go get a job at the post office. Right. That's what Mike Lynn said to me. And then my attorney at the time tried to jump across the table and was choking him. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I had to, um, um, you know. That's exactly what that's Mike what I, I got my dog barking. That's okay. That's all right. Sorry, right. we can't hear him because we hear you better through the phone. Uh, okay. Yeah, the yeah, Mike Lynn was a beautiful human being. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, you're you're a part of the Legends program, Chuck, up there, right? With the with all the well, guys. I I try to do as much as I can. I'm more of a loner type guy, man. You know, I keep my I keep it to myself. But they do have that legends program up here if you need anything. But one of the things for me, I, I don't think that they, the NFL does enough for former players personally. With all the money out there, that's my opinion. Anyway, you know, I mean, I know we're always out there helping other people, but they don't do much to help the the, the former player. That's very true. Yeah, we get and the, very sad. We get a lot of people listening right. to our podcast that. Uh, that uh, love the legends of the game, and uh, mm-hmm. but we also get a lot of uh, kids who listen to the podcast because of right. that Coop and I have coached them, and their, pa- right. and their parents listen. And uh, you'd be amazed; they don't know who players were mm-hmm. that played six years ago. <laughs> no, they don't. Let, let they don't know anything. But ago. then, too, on the other hand, then you get this group of people that are really. Uh, into sports, you know, especially the young ones. You know, this this technology here, they know more about it. Like when I teach, I haven't I didn't do much teaching this year. Well, they don't but know as they much as know, Elon. They don't know as much as Elon. They Musk. would know everything. They can pull up. They can pull up anything about you. They know. Oh, Mr. Foreman, you did this. You did this. You did that. Yeah. yeah but yeah, but for the most part, I think it's like a five or six year window with the with the sports thing now. But those guys are making a ton of money, so they don't want to play. They don't want to play that long. Have you ever, do you hear much from Mahmoud Rashad? Uh, I hear from my mind here and there. Yeah, he's yeah. down in Florida. He's down right. in Florida. Did, hey, did you ever did you ever see uh, uh you know Peyton Manning's got this Peyton Places? It's on uh, ESPN Plus, right. and then he had right there is there is I, I watched it the other night the the Fran Tarkenton. Um, version and it that was it was hysterical mm-hmm. watching Fran run around like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean that guy looked like Mahomes did in the Super Bowl, running around and throwing the ball from. The- well, you know, back in the day, back in the day, that was frowned upon. Right. Oh yeah. You no, know, Fran. Fran was like the guy that brought that scrambling around. But most people wanted your quarterback to be a drop back passer, and that was it—a pocket passer. And they, he didn't really get his fair due until later on in his career to totally be quite agree. honest with you yeah. because he was a scrambler but you know he turned out to be one of the best to play yeah, amazing was. athlete and, and not a big guy i was looking at the picture of you guys standing next to each other um on your facebook page and uh he's not he's mm-hmm. just not a big guy no but no talk he's about not a, competitor. He a big guy but 
wasn't a big guy, didn't have a real strong arm, but he was smart. And, you know, he, he, he knew the game, that's for sure. And that was at a time when a quarterback didn't have microphones in your ear, <laughs> where the coaches were calling the defenses for you and telling you what you were going to be seeing. That's that was right. the time when he and when we, when we put the game plan in, you had to memorize the entire game plan. You didn't have anything on your wrist or anything, or anything in your ear, or or things like that. You had to know what your down and distance was, who you were playing with, the, with the, what the strengths of the players were, what they weren't. And all that stuff is something that the quarterbacks had to do then. So, I mean, I respect the quarterbacks of the other day. Yeah. No question about it. But the stats that they got today, they wouldn't have them back in those days. <laughs> no. No way. There's no way. There's no way. But I do know that Yerry and uh, Tarkington, I got to know Ron really well because I lived in Southern California for mm-hmm. a few years. And, and Ron and I hung out. He was, he was doing the photography business out there. And we used to talk about – I go, what was it like protecting for Fran? He goes, it was horrible. He goes, you mm-hmm. never knew where you where he was. You had, to, you had to look for him and then figure out a block. And then he'd cut back and you'd make <coughs> a block and you'd get called a pen, for a penalty. Yeah, but you know what? You'd get some free shots on some dudes and that was fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he'd run one way and then, and then he'd turn around and go the other way. And that guy had to turn his head and turn on his head on a swivel. And you could ear hole right. or, or light him up or cut him or put him on the ground or that was yeah. kind of. They had an offensive line coach named Michael, and Gary used to tell me that he, he'd get screamed at because he'd go, Ron, you're just standing there watching. Do something. <laughs> yeah, John Michaels was one of the best coaches, the uh, offensive line coaches of his time. Oh, yeah. No question about it. And he had, you know, we had Ed White, we had Big Ron Yeri, man. And, you know, those two guys are great. I, and I got Mick Tinga off towards the end of his career. He was a tough little dude. Yeah, wasn't that big, but you know. That's right. Ed was there. Uh, Ed White was there for a lot of your career, wasn't he? Ed White. Yeah, when he left, so did my running game. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he went down yeah, to San Diego, right? He, that's how important he was. Yeah, when they, I, I couldn't believe they let him go like that. Wow. Well, he's probably. But then you know what? Probably. They got, they got, they let all of us go. To be quite honest with you. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Alan Page they let go for a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, yeah. on a waiver, waiver. Then he goes into Chicago and makes all pro three more years. Yeah. It, I, you know, I don't want to get into that, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like, um, yeah, that's, that's the, when I that's say players, business, you know, right? grab all you can and control your own destiny. Because in those days, you know, as I said in my time, you know, there was no free agency. Mm-hmm. None. They had you for as long as they wanted you until they could kick you out and do what they wanted to do. Well, listen, we promised that we would keep you on a time frame here, Chuck. And uh, okay. Mark just said that. Oh, we got about five minutes left. I know you've got another appointment, so I didn't want to hold you right. late to your we, next you, appointment. We don't want to keep you. Hey, but but people can find yeah. you on Facebook, and they can find uh, some yeah. killer photography, some great shots. Yeah. Uh, they so tell tell us a little bit about your Facebook memorabilia. It's uh, it's like a it was a. Uh, an online store created just for, what was it, Cyber Monday, I think it was. Got it. They, they, uh, that's when the friend of mine started to do my kids been trying to tell me to do something like that for a long time, but that's how it started. And so it's called, if you go, you go to chuckformer44.com, it's an online store. You can pick up anything there football, jerseys, t shirts, anything you want. You can send anything you want. And it's, it's been a lot of fun, especially with this COVID 
thing, you know, it gives me something to do. So it's kind of a new thing, but it's an enjoyable thing. So you go to chuckforming44.com and, hey, check it out. It's really a fun thing. And you can get there through your Facebook page as well because that's how I got it. Right, you can get there through Facebook too, Instagram, Twitter, I think all of them. Yeah. So you you can do all that. There's great stuff on there. You know, I've I've gone through and and, and looked at all of it. So it's... uh, uh, and, every, and every week we put something new out there, so it's really, really fun. So I'll be putting up uh, your um, any kind of information as you're talking right now uh, on the video. Right. I will put some put your uh, website up underneath while you're talking, so people can see it. I appreciate it, and they'll be, they'll be able to to do that. You're also going to get yourself a pair of I need to know size, a pair of dick carriers. Respect your package, mm-hmm. men's underwear that with the feature, <laughs> the ball bustier. You're gonna get, you're gonna get oh, a pair of those, Chuck. They're gonna come in the mail. Only a Mulaney would do that, it's man. It's got the ball bustier. I'm just telling you, the ball right. bustier is is a, is a, is a, an important feature that was left out of men's underwear right. for way too long. You're gonna enjoy them. They're gonna come, but I need your size real quick. It's a reinvention of underwear. What watch he's gonna lie about the size now? You know some women are gonna be listening. Thirty six, man. Thirty six. There you 30, go. Okay, so still still I'm, still I'm still almost at playing weight, man. You look like it too. <clears throat> you look good. That's right. And uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm trying to keep it together. Like us all, right? Like us all. <laughs> you also want to text me your address, Chuck, because i got to have them shipped to you. Yeah, I'll okay. definitely do that, too. I'll do that for you. We really appreciate you coming on the, hey, coming on the podcast. Great, great seeing you again, brother. Great, great seeing you again. All right, my friend. And uh, if you hey, ever Mark. Need, if you yeah, ever need, all right, later, my friend. Right on. Hey, if you ever need... My lady, you don't understand that. Oh, you don't. You don't, no, this is, this you is, don't this understand that, bro. Get out of there. Yeah, we, 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 we don't, we don't. You don't understand that. No. You know? Ours is more but like you will. this. All right. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Right on. Right. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Hey, man. Y'all be good. Okay. You too. Thanks a lot, Chuck. So, uh, he's gone. So yeah, he had a 10 o'clock, so we're like two minutes till. So I didn't want to, I knew he was. No, I get it. that. We have to end the show though, you know? Oh, how do you want to do that? <laughs> so we did. Go ahead. Let's, uh, this is kind of fun. I kind of like watch it. Hey, uh, listen, uh, Elon Musk next to me. <laughs> Uh, would like to take us out. Okay, that's right. Because where are we? At? Where are we, at? we let's we're see. Elon, Elon, hey, banker. Elon, Elon had <laughs> four COVID tests. Two were positive. Two were negative. So Cam calls me up, right? And yeah. he says, "Dad, I got COVID again." I go, "What?" I go, "You already had it." He goes, "Yeah." That's what the test shows that. I said, "Do you feel bad?" No. You uh, you taste everything? Yeah. Yeah. You can smell everything? Yeah. I said, um, "Are you tired?" No. He says, but I'm, but I'm out of the weight room. I says, okay. Then uh, you, he has some, you know, some weights and stuff down there. He's you know, going to be kind of doing his own routine. But, but that throws a kid out now for 10 days, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. I said, here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to call his coach. I want you to go test again in like three days, right? Because those amplifications of those tests are so high that they're picking up. There's so many false, there's so many false positives out there. I'm getting my test. I'm getting my shot Sunday. Well, it's because you're old. It's because you're old. Let me look at that hair. 
right, we get now. Any, any questions you have about whether Mark's a nice guy? Um, just remember what he just did there. He's a very mean person. I am very mean. He's a mean person. Mean, it's mean. It's all because mean. he's sexually frustrated. <laughs> well, here we go. So let's end the show. We're Coldwell Banker Office in the DTC. And if you want any real real estate done, you know who to call me. If you want to get in trouble in real estate, you call Ryan. If you want to have fun, <laughs> enjoy your, the purchase of your home and not have your oh. wife hit on when you're going on showings. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's mature. <laughs> just, what do you expect from a defensive lineman? Man. I'm warning you. Okay. Yeah. Our number, our numbers and stuff are right below. And you can uh, get a hold of me. How about or, Chuck? Well, man, got, he was like Gil Sears in like uh, – I mean, the way he slashed and ran and ran the toss. and uh, uh, People don't understand. Oh, no Guys clue. Guys like Chuck Foreman, and that, they go, well, he would have never played today. Oh. Kiss my ass. I mean, and, and Sweetness. I mean, you know, Walter Payton. Payton I mean, they, they were three, like, clones, the These way those are, guys ran. They're forgotten heroes. Yeah, amazing. forgotten heroes. Chuck Foreman. Amazing. Uh, I was very fortunate to go up my first year with the Vikings, and – practice against him play against him and uh we were i would i would Probably get cut i always told people i wasn't allowed to hit him that's why i never touched him yeah but i was allowed to <laughs> <laughs> it was worse with walter payton being on that scout team with walter payton and be going live with walter payton oh my god it was hard to not get cut with him on the field. No, oh, yeah. You know, other guys were tackling guys that were like one-third as good as Walter Payton, and they were making the team. Yeah. Come on over and practice where I was practicing and try and tackle that guy. Yeah. Try and tackle Chuck Foreman, have him spin out of your arms. He invented the spin move. Amazing, too. He invented the spin move. All these kids that are here. You, know, you guys should send uh, us a note and tell uh, Chuck Foreman, thank you for teaching me that spin move because that spin move is – He's he's the uh, you're playing his concerto when you do it, should have right? been should should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, so we're done. We Mark is you know, I like the way Mark packs it up and he's. <laughs> I'm very neat and organized. All right, you gonna take us out? We're out. We're out. Well, that's the end of it. Hold on. Now, our IT guy has to push his buttons and all that stuff, right? Hold on. <laughs> Man. You know, he looked just like his daddy is right there. Dundee? Dundee? Oh, yeah, he does. You remember Big Ed, don't you? You darn right I do. <laughs> really, were you as scared of him as they were? <laughs> no, but they were definitely scared of Big Ed. Yeah, he was a piece of work. <laughs> he was the, he was the, you know who the head honcho was in that family. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you remember the time my dad walked out on the uh, practice field in a big yellow shirt, yellow pants with a white belt and white shoes with a six pack of beer in his oh hand? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I didn't right. remember that. It was embarrassing. Doug Grant looks at me. I'm a rookie. I'm like four days into the thing. He looks at me and goes, hey, go tell your dad he can't drink beer on the on the practice field. So I go walking down there. I go, hey, Dad, you can't drink the beer on the practice field. You know what he said? He said, I can drink beer anywhere I want to drink beer. He looks over a pot. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like you did. There you go. Piece of work. All right, so we're going to get started here. I got to clap my hands. Okay. Here.
because uh, okay, I, now how long is this thing gonna be? Uh, as long as all you gotta do is I gotta. If you say yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, I got. I've got until like uh, ten o'clock my time. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thirty-five minutes. We'll be. We'll knock it out in that easily. All right. Ready? We're gonna. You're in yeah. the intro. Okay. Ready? Somewhere in between is sponsored by Dick Carrier's Respect Your Package Men's Undergarment. Go to respectyourpackage.com. That's respectyourpackage.com. For 30% off, enter this code SIB Mulls and Coop. That's somewhere in between Mulls and Coop. It's all caps SIB MULLSANDCOOP. 